The following is a Claibs online production. Hey everybody, welcome once again. Mike Claiborne here, and it's one of my favorite times of the year. At least it used to be on the calendar, but as we well know with COVID striking, everything has changed. We're going to talk playoff hockey, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk playoff hockey with than our good friend Darren Pang of Fox Sports Midwest and every other National Hockey League outlet. He's been part of every kind of broadcast you can imagine. Darren, first of all, it's great to see you, my friend. And uh, we got hockey. We never thought we'd have it in August, but we have it, and we're going to make the most of it. You got that right, Klaibs, and I'm looking forward to it as well. And uh, and have no fear. I'm not driving this car, okay? <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I anyway, I think that the uh, – the playoffs this time of year, it's its not common to talk about it, but I think we're getting used to what it is, and this is what it is, and, and what are we going to do about it? Uh, I think the boys have got to be ready to play a seven-game series against Vancouver. Otherwise, it's a quick exit. I know they don't want that. They don't want a quick exit. They want to defend the Stanley Cup uh, with, the, with the same type of pride that they won it with last year. Give me your thoughts about the bubble and the whole concept. Uh, the league has to feel good about how it's gone so far. No, no positive tests. Uh, players have somewhat embraced the whole setup itself. Uh, it, it lacks fans, obviously, and just the aura of the emotion of a building. But overall, um, good idea, I, I would think. Well, I think when when this first started, the NHL was. I think they were very proactive. They're the first ones to. Uh, initiate when the dates were going to be, how the phases were going to be, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. And and then when they introduced the bubble, they really went through um, pretty detailed research on what cities. At first, we thought it was going to be Vegas. Uh, then I thought it was going to be Vancouver in the, uh, in the West. Uh, Vancouver's uh, Department of Health said, if there's one outbreak, we're stopping this for 14 days. Gary Bettman, it's, it sounds to me like he went right over to Edmonton that had a good proposal. So they went through the research. Uh, they, the players have done a great job too, Mike. Don't forget, they've kept them. They've kept this uh, professional and they've been responsible. And that's why when they got to the bubble that, you know, there was no players unfit to play is because they were good going into it. And it was in a secure area. We've seen some of the video. I think they've done a fantastic job all the way around. You, you know, when you think about the whole bubble concept, uh, I think it's been fun to watch the players respond because we had some guys that have gotten frisky in some of the games. We've had a few scraps. Uh, we've had a little bad blood flowing as well. And it just kind of gave you that feeling like they've embraced it so much. And and while we give Gary Bettman a lot of credit for sure, the Players Association bought in on this as well. And not only did they buy in on this, they extended their collective bargaining agreement for a few more years. So I believe it'll be six total so all is good with the NHL, and now with this concept of play-in, do you think that's something we'll see? And do you think there's anything else we might see the NHL take a long look at and say, we maybe want to think about adding this, if nothing more than to create that interest in those cusp teams that are on the cusp of the playoffs? Yeah, you know, number one, I think they maintain the integrity of winning a Stanley Cup. And I know talking to some of the Blues players, uh, whether it be Alex Steen or Braden Shannon, guys that were on the call, Ryan O'Reilly was one of the first ones to – to really um, stress the word integrity. Um, if, if we're going to play and, and if we're going to give up this much time in a time in which COVID-19 has terrorized the world, well, okay, how are we going to do this? There can't be a best of five. There can't be a, uh, like a, a college style uh, format. It, it's got to be best of seven in the rounds that count. So I think they did as good a job as they possibly can. So in answering your question, Clay, uh, would they consider 
going to the 2014 in and having that play in? I, I believe so. I believe this is something that they'll look at strongly. The NHLPA, I'm not sure how they'll feel about it. But let's face it, we've got so many markets. and We're going to have 32 teams coming up. And, you know, in order to give every marketplace uh, come January an opportunity to say that we're going to compete for the Stanley Cup, have 24 teams, it does make a, a lot of sense. But I do believe there'll be some pushback on that and that at least for next year that we will see that go back to normal. Uh, the top eight teams in each conference making the playoffs and then going from there. All right, let's talk a little bit about the playoffs. They're here. And one of the things I hear a lot, and I'm sure you hear it as well, oh, you better avoid this team or you don't want to play that team. You know, aren't you going to face a good team in order to win this thing in the first place? And I know you're going to face them sooner or later. I would rather face a tough team early just to get my feet wet compared to sitting back thinking, all right, we dodged a bullet here. This team didn't really make us look that good. Give me your your player assessment of how that works because – I've always felt if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you're going to face at least one good team, if not three, along the way. Yeah, you're going to face – you got that right. You're going to face four. And it's uh, – you know, last year when when we found out that it was going to be St. Louis against Winnipeg, uh, I was really excited about that. But I also felt like if Winnipeg won that series, my feeling was that they could win it all. Uh, I had a great deal of respect. And I think, you know, the, the Blues went into Winnipeg and won. Well, Winnipeg didn't go away. They didn't shrivel up. They came back into St. Louis and they won. And mm -hmm. it, it made for a really entertaining six-game series. And, and then you go on and you've got the Dallas Stars. Uh, and for the the easiest series of the bunch was probably the San Jose series, only because San Jose had such top players, Eric Carlson and Joe Pavelski, so banged up that they were, you know, they just weren't the effective players that they normally are. But, um, you know, uh, the, the Stanley Cup is supposed to be tough. I mean, uh I like that, like Vancouver's the first opponent for the Blues. I don't, I don't mind that. I think Vancouver's a dangerous enough team that's going to get your attention. A dangerous enough team that if you go in there lightly and you don't prepare for them, they will make you pay. They, they could turn around and win this, win this series and the Blues be walking away. So I think the Blues have a lot of respect for Vancouver, especially the young players that they have. You know, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think if Vancouver had a little bit more ring experience – they would be a handful more than what they already appear to be. But let me want, we, I'll, I'll go over to the East for a quick second. Give me a dangerous team in the East because we've seen some teams that are already battle hardened, whether it's the round robin or the play in. Give me a team in the East that maybe no one's talking about. And I was trying to look at the matchups yesterday and I just didn't see where there was a big difference between a lot of those teams, especially the teams that were in the round robin who didn't play well, like the Boston Bruins. I'll, I'll give you one team. I think it's Carolina. I, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think that uh, I think we all recognize that that Columbus plays that hard game like a, it's a hard St. Louis Blues style game. They defend hard. They, they've got good matchups um, and they beat Tampa Bay last year. In fact, they swept them. So I don't think we should be surprised by a Columbus, uh, you know, winning a game in the first round or at least forcing it to a game seven. But Carolina was different in the in the play in. Uh, they were they, they were. Four lines strong. Their defending was strong. Their goaltending was terrific. Uh, and that was one area I wasn't sure with Car with Carolina was their goaltending, whether it be Peter Morazic or, or James Reimer. Both of them were fantastic. So that's a team for me that I would watch in the East. What about the West? I mean, we, we know the West obviously better. We've seen all these teams. Uh, who's a dangerous team and who built momentum once we pushed the, uh, un push the reset button? Who, who gained momentum 
where they even make themselves more dangerous now? Well, a team that nobody talks about is Arizona. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? They, uh, they, they're well coached. They don't get a, a lot of respect uh, until you play them. I know they played the Blues hard, Claves. Uh, they, you know, they played them real hard. There were some very good games defended, defending wise, and 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 uh, they 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 were aggressive and they weren't intimidated. I think a lot has to do with you know their coach and, and Rick Talkin, very similar to our Craig coach Berube. Craig Berube, yeah. and very good friends. But the way that they're, they make players accountable in a simple way. Uh, player complains. Player A complains because he only played nine minutes. Coach says then play better. They're both the same, and so that reverberates through your room where there's that accountability that's not fake if somebody doesn't get more ice time because they make more money and and that's why i think they're a hard team to play against and bob and darcy kemper had a vesna type year this year and again he's way under the radar so that, that's a team for me that i'm going to watch uh, real close yeah that's the one i circled also um you know talking and baruby the only difference between the two is you know baruby has more hair i mean they play the same <laughs> style of hockey they both have a couple thousand minutes and penalties they both hard nosed guys who had to be fired at least once in order to really figure out how to be a coach in this league and and the other thing when i look at kessel he's kind of like the conduit for those young players uh, from the coach to the young players. So they have a lot of similarities and, you know, they can score a little bit. And, and I think their defense jumps up and plays a lot as well. But with that said, then you touched on their goalie. Who's a goalie that can steal a series in the, in the, in the playoffs. Mm, steal a series is of uh, Jordan Bennington can steal a series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he just can. And what we've seen so far in the, uh, uh, in the four games is that he gave the blues every chance. And so did Jake Allen. So I, I put the blues goaltender right up there. Um, I mean, Darcy Kemper, I think he can steal a series. Uh, I'm interested to see about uh, Jacob Markstrom. Cause he's six, six, he's 220 pounds. He covers, obviously that goes without saying he covers a lot of net. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I know the blues had a tough time with some of the bigger goalies in the league. So I'll be interested to see the game plan you know, of the Blues going up against uh, against Markstrom. Um, I go around. There's not many bad. There's not many bad goalies in the league. Claves, you know that. Yeah, they all have right. the capabilities of, of of stealing something. Darren Pang is our guest. We're going to take a break. We'll come back after this. From early mornings to late nights, behind the scenes. And on the front lines, your neighbors are busy creating a better tomorrow. And we're accelerating progress from upgrading natural gas mains in Quincy to expanding substation capacity in Mount Vernon, reliable power communities can depend on. Ameren, Illinois, energy at work. Welcome back, everybody. We continue with our visit with Darren Pang, talking some hockey as we are involved in postseason play. The St. Louis Blues are in action. Darren, one of the things about the postseason, we always talk about officiating and how that can be a problem. And I've always felt like if you can get out of the first round, you should be better because you won't have as many officials and Mm -hmm. the officials won't have as much impact on the games. How do you feel about it this year, especially with the officials coming back at the same time the players did? Well, I, I didn't I didn't like the officiating, to be honest with you. And I'm not one of these guys that makes excuses for officiating. I get frustrated like like the rest of us. 
uh, watching a hockey game and saying, that's, I don't know where that calls a bad call or that call, boy, that referee, he saw something that I clearly didn't see. I get all that. But I thought early on, and I, I just, there were so many penalties that I just shook my head. I couldn't even see the minor penalty. <laughs> and so I know that the people last year that maybe complained that the blues were that, that team, that the subtle interference, strong on sticks, a uh, great body position, held on to pucks, um, the Blues did all that. That's what hockey's all about as you go along in the playoffs. So um, I know there were some that thought the Blues got away with stuff last year. I feel that the longer you go, the more that you should get away with uh, because that's that's what it's all about. And, and if you want some space, if you want some real estate, then you better go earn that real estate. Um, but so far, if this, if this is the way the officiating is going to be, then the Blues have got to be a lot more diligent in their discipline, in their position, in their stick work, because otherwise it's going to be a parade to the penalty box, and that's no good for anybody. Well, we saw that in the in the round robin tournament. Um, give me your thoughts on the Blues. I mean, there, there are a lot of issues that we witnessed in those four games, or those three games, that made us a little uncomfortable because those are things we weren't accustomed to seeing in the playoff run uh, last year. So mm -hmm. what do you think are going to be some of the things that you're going to be looking for in order to make sure this team is on point? Because it seems like timing was a little off and the, the discipline, as you touched on the penalties, some warranted, a lot of them not warranted, but regardless, you still have to play through it. Okay. I'll, I'll start with one thing. And that is if you're going to work hard to get a lead, then hold on to the lead. Um, the blues talked about that early uh, from the preseason game or the exhibition game against Chicago to the round robin, um, they led in three of the four, they relinquished the lead. Uh, that's one thing. You wanna put your throat, uh, your, your foot right down on the throat and make sure you clamp down and, and play a hard defensive game. So that's number one. So number two would be, I think we've got to really reestablish the D matchups. Um, last year, Jay Bomeister and Colton Preco, they went up against the other team's best players all the time and they did a phenomenal job. Marco Scandella came in, Klaibs, and did a nice job with Colton Pareko. But so far, since the restart, th that hasn't been established. And even one game, Craig Berube switched up the D altogether, kind of like, I just want to change things up. So we got some things there that, that, that have to be corrected. Um, I'll stay with that. Defending, uh, being hard in your own zone. Those are all the staples of the St. Louis Blues. But uh, in getting into another level, certainly Vladdy Tarasenko. Uh, has got to complement Shannon Schwartz in, in a better way. I mean, that, those are just the facts. He's He had some good moments as he's come on. He's going to be watched. He's going to be circled by the opposition. It's going to be frustrating for him, um, and it's going to be hard work. So getting back to what he did last year in the playoffs as quickly as possible because you can't afford to have any passengers here at a time like this. So I'll be looking for that Shen Schwartz and, and Tarasenko line right off the hop to be good. If not, I wouldn't be surprised if Craig Bruby threw a Oscar Sundquist up there or something else up there just to kind of change things up um, and make sure that we establish that hard work ethic right off the hop in this uh, playoff series against Vancouver. What did you like in those games uh, leading up to the, to the, to the Stanley cup playoffs? Loved the goaltending. It's spectacular uh, all the way around. Um, I liked, I liked Sundquist. Um, Steen and although Barbashev left, I, I thought that they were they were really trying to establish that, and it was starting to come on a little bit. Um, and you know that Craig Brew is going to do that. Klaibs, I will bet you my last golf club that in Game One against Vancouver, Oscar Sundquist and Alexander Steen 
start the hockey game. So I like that. Uh, the other part, I liked uh, uh, Troy Brower. I thought yeah. played really well. I, I, you know what? And I agree good. with you. I, you know, yeah. I love Brower's presence. And, you yeah. know, Darren, I, most people, including myself, almost forgot he was part of the team. They kind of <laughs> dusted him off. And he took advantage of the opportunity. And there's nothing like having veteran grit in your lineup, especially yeah. in that first round of the playoffs. And Brower, I thought, had some pretty good shifts when he was given the opportunity to play. Yep, I agree with you. And, you know, it's a quiet building, something to keep in mind. There is no fans. You have to generate and manufacture your own energy. He's a talker. And when you need guys on that bench to be rallying, you, you can't have a quiet bench. Otherwise, you're going to go away meekly into the night. The other guy I liked, and I know he was injured for one game, or at least it was a maintenance day or a precautionary. Uh, I think Robert Thomas is in for something special. And, again, in times like this, where your game, you haven't found your game yet, it gives Craig Berube every opportunity, if after game one, that he still hasn't found his game, to absolutely shuffle the deck. And it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. He's a very patient coach and he keeps things together. But who would be surprised if Robert Thomas uh, was with Vladdy Tarasenko? I mean, maybe there's something new as we go forward here. Because Robert Thomas is a stud and he's a star in the making. And you know what? With his skating skill, that'll make Tarasenko turning up a notch as well. Yep. You know, one of the things about Tarasenko, he's such a powerful skater, and he's really yeah. good in the dirty area, but I haven't seen him in that area as much uh, because he's hard to knock off his skates. He's hard to knock off the puck. But I think if you get a Thomas that will challenge him to be on, on his game from a skating standpoint and being prepared to be in a position to take a good shot – who knows? And, and that's and I, I appreciate you saying that about Baruby because he's a patient guy mm -hmm. who gives you enough time to run out of patience. If, if you know what I mean, where he will flip the switch. And you know what? If you can't adapt, then guess what? You have to watch and figure it out and work harder to get there. So and I, and I like that. All right. Final thing before we get out of here, you do a lot of homework. And, and by the way, folks, these games are going to be on Fox Sports Midwest. Thanks. Thankfully, that Vancouver is in Canada. So we'll get the games <laughs> locally because if, if we're playing in the States, it could be a whole new ball game for Darren Pang. But he's going to be involved in all the broadcasts. You study this game a great deal. You're very well prepared. What is something we should all pay a closer attention to between these two teams that could lead to being a game changer? Uh, I think, number one, during the regular season, we fed the offense for Vancouver, in my opinion. Um, they're a team that will counter and counter fast. Uh, one of the elite lines in the NHL is JT Miller, who's got plenty of playoff experience with both the Rangers and with Tampa Bay. And he's a good, heavy, solid, honorable player. And he's with uh, Elias Patterson. And then you've got Brock Besser on the right. This is a world-class line. During the season, the Blues got caught a little bit playing loosey-goosey against them, and bang. The other way, they'll go 100 miles an hour, and they will have a four-on-two and four-on-one rush on you, and they'll make you pay. So that's number one. Number two, I think with Jacob Marks from the big Swedish goaltender, I know Dave Alexander, the goalie coach for the Blues, does an unbelievable job of preparing his team. And there's a lot of times that this big fella, he relies on um, a pattern. And when you're in a seven-game series and you've got a goalie that relies on a pattern, if you're disciplined enough as a shooter and as a team, you will eventually expose them. The Blues did it against Hellebuck, Bishop, um, not so much in the third round, but in the even against Tuka Rast. They had a great game plan. They succeeded in that game plan, and it gave the players a lot of confidence 
because of Dave Alexander and what Jake Allen did last year in preparing the team. So in saying that, this is a big goaltender that you've got to get him moving and generate offense from me from behind the net where he's got to look around and get him up and moving around. If he gets stationary and you're just shooting point-blank shots from an angle, you're not going to score because there's not going to be any room whatsoever. So I'll be really anxious to see how the Blues uh, generate offense against him. Man, you know, we talk about the size of this goalie. You, you're old enough to remember Gary Suitcase Smith and Ken Dryden, and we thought they were behemoths. These guys would, would be second stringers these days when it comes to size for some of these goaltenders we're watching now. That's very true. Very true. I remember Gary Smith very much so. And uh, Ken Dryden was my idol growing up with Rogie Vashon. So, uh, and, the, and the game is different and the techniques are different. Um, but uh, I think it's very important to stress to shooters that you have to be disciplined in your approach. If you believe in what you're going to do is going to beat that goaltender, you have to continue to do it because eventually uh, you will, you know, you'll score. Eventually you'll score and you'll expose that weakness. Is the fact that we have these big goalies, you know, they go down so quick and they take away the lower part of the net like most goaltenders do. Or you, or you really have to be on your game to make sure you look for those corners of the net top shelf a lot more than you normally would because the one thing I see a lot of these big goalies do, they will drop that glove hand, man, and that just invites a top shelf shot. Well, you, glove hand, yes. A lot of goaltenders now, for whatever reason, this reverse VH has been uh, a problem of all problems. And we saw that in the Pittsburgh series. Matt Murray gave up the game-winning goal by going to his short side on his blocker, on a stick mm. side, going down on, on one knee to cover the low spot. And it drops his right shoulder, and the puck goes off his hel helmet or his shoulder and into the net. Markstrom gave up the same goal against uh, Mar against uh, Eric Stahl in the uh, Wild series as well. So there's a lot of tendencies that these goalies just, they automatically go to that. It's a go-to move. And when there's a go-to move, you can really expose these, these goaltenders uh, if you've done your homework. You're ready for the long haul, I hope. Absolutely. No Good. question about that. I hope that we're both talking hockey and baseball in October. Sounds good. Can't hey, wait. Th thanks for your time, sir. He's Darren Pang. I'm Mike Claiborne. This is Claves Online. And we thank our good buddy, Darren Pang. Watch him on Fox Sports Midwest. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care, Claves. What are you doing? Hey, Danny, I'm celebrating. Baseball's back and mortgage rates are in the twos. That means you have to go to Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com.